Uh, she's coming up. Uh, Ray and Teresa, Ann and Jim just got back from Cuba. Um, and so they had a great trip. I think she's going to share a little bit about that. Um, and I myself just got back from El Salvador on uh, Friday night, uh, traveling with uh, Compassion International. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this share, sharing about that. It was an amazing uh, experience. Uh, anytime that you leave the country uh, and you see how kids' lives are being impacted or people's lives are being impacted by the gospel message, um, it's always a good time. And so I'm going to share more about that, uh, not later today, but later in life. I'm preaching. Nice. Okay. Well, everybody, welcome uh, Teresa. While I was sitting down, I was remembering that as a girl in high school, maybe even in eighth grade, I wanted to, for a minute, for one minute, I thought I'd, I'd like to be a, a flight attendant. And then I heard they had a height requirement. <laughs> I didn't make it. I didn't make the cut. And so what made me think about that is that I'm very grateful there isn't a height requirement to come up here and share with you because then I wouldn't make the cut because this is not set up for a short person. <laughs> Just thought I'd mention the obvious. Um, let me look at the clock because there's a time restriction. And I like to be submissive because that's how I'm known. Teresa, the submissive <laughs> wife, woman, right? Praise God, glory, hallelujah. Forgive me, God. I have sinned. Okay. Um, yes, we came back from Cuba, and I won't take time away from the teaching to, to talk about it, but I will take time away from the teaching to thank you. Thank you, each one of you who prayed and each one of you who gave so generously to help us go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You covered uh, all of my expenses, all of Ann's expenses, and the money that I needed to buy the bags and fill the bags with gifts that I wanted for the women. And thank you, Nidia. Nidia got a lot of stuff from the thrift store. Perfect, beautiful stuff. Thank you, thank you. And then I will take one more minute to tell you that I used to uh, count my children's M&Ms. Um, I won't, you know, we give ourselves permission to say things. And so there are people who struggle with the real condition of OCD. And so I don't want to make fun of that or them. But I am compulsive about something. I used to measure their popcorn. Why? Because I was number six of seven children. And there was nothing ever left for me. Because my brother, who was a year younger, was the favorite. And so he got some, they got some, and I got nothing. And so I wanted to make sure that all my five children, and for two years we had six, that everyone would get their even portion. Well, what's that got to do with Cuba? What it's got to do with it is that I kept asking, how many women would Ann and I have the opportunity to pray for? And at first they said 12, then they said 15, and I'd like to bump it up a little bit, although I had always had the number 20 in my mind. Um, I took enough for 16. Even bag, every bag would have the exact same thing inside. When we got there, I was told there were 24. I was literally emotionally paralyzed. I thought, uh, 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 I can't do that. And so Ray kept saying, Teresa, you've got to prepare the bags. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it, I can't. Teresa, you've got to, and finally he did it. He and Lou Irizarry, who came from Puerto Rico, went to Cuba, and they... I, I couldn't even look at them because they were not even. 
And so uh, the women didn't know that they were supposed to be even. They were very happy, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you did to get us there. Thank you. The topic that I was given to speak on today is Holy Spirit in me. And when I saw the title, I thought, oh, oh, I love that. I love that title because I love God. I love Jesus, and God and Jesus are present today in us, in me, by his spirit, by his spirit. And I thought, oh, I could just tell story after story. But then I saw that I had an outline. I thought, okay, I got to submit. So here we go. Um, all right. So today I'll share three reasons why God gives us his spirit, Holy Spirit. And by the way, I try very hard not to say the, because Jesus got a name, Father has Yahweh, and I like to call Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, as though that is his name rather than the. And so uh, I'm going to try my best to stick to my resolve. If I make a mistake, judge me. Um, okay, but uh, why God gave us his spirit, Holy Spirit, to love us, to fill us to overflowing, and to give us power to do what Jesus did every day. Pretty cool outline. Pretty cool outline. I won't be regaling you with story upon story of my entire life, but I will be sharing this because it's powerful and good, and they gave me the scripture and everything. How cool is that? You don't understand. I've been really groggy. I was in a lot of pain when I was in Cuba. I literally spent the, uh, what time? We came Tuesday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, asleep during the day and at night. Ray would come in, and I'd have drool down and he'd say are you working on the sermon I went uh uh yeah okay so I did work on it though I really did and I own it in Jesus name so here let's look at the scripture John 3 5 through 8 Jesus replied I assure you no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit humans can reproduce only human life but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. What does it mean to experience Holy Spirit as we go through our daily life? Well... We have to invite and include Holy Spirit as we live our daily lives, don't we? We have to be intentional about interacting with Holy Spirit in our daily life. It won't happen. You know, God is with us. Each of us are the temple of God, Holy Spirit. And so Holy Spirit is with us. But, but how much influence Holy Spirit has in our lives is absolutely mathematically related to how much we invite him in and interact with him and are intentional about saying, uh, order my steps, order my thoughts, direct me, give me an idea, help me find a spatula, everything, everything, everything. Where are the keys? Holy Spirit, help, please help, help. We must do it. There is nothing too little and actually, even if we wait until the really big things, we might feel like, oh, no, 
I didn't do what Teresa said and what other people have said. I haven't talked to the Holy Spirit in a really long time. I'm not going to get any help on this big thing. We are never despised and never rejected. It is never too late to start. And if it takes a really big thing to start, well, so be it. Start. Let's do it. Let's do it more, more and more every day. So my decision to go to Cuba was completely led by Holy Spirit. A woman visited my home in January, and I did not know her. Uh, we had a friend in common. My friend lives in Orlando. This woman lives in uh, Tampa. And so the friend in Orlando asked if she could meet her friend in my house. And I said, sure. And they did. And so they talked to each other more than they talked to me, which made total sense to me. I was cool with that. And uh, for a little bit, we were sitting together because they were sitting in the living room visiting and I just stayed out of their way. But for a little bit, we were sitting at the table together. And then uh, I just felt prompted to offer to pray for her. I said, may I pray for you? And she said, yes. And I, I got off my, you know, we have tables this high and my chairs this high. So I kind of jumped off and I walked and I put my hand on, on her back and I prayed. I promise you, my prayer didn't take more than three minutes. And boom. Heaven opened up. This woman was significantly impacted. And it wasn't by anything that I said necessarily. It was by the fact that I, I did as Holy Spirit prompted me. I offered to pray and she said yes. This woman was snotting and crying. She literally had a very powerful encounter with God. She had a healing, a very profound healing because I followed God's prompting, not because of what I said at all. It was God who did it. And then that encounter literally turned my life around. She went home. I haven't heard her name or spoken to her again, but it changed my life because then while I was lying in bed, I said, oh, Lord, I remember in bed at night or during the day I lived there. Um, Lord, I remember when you used to do this all the time. I remember Will you do it again? Will you do it more often? I don't have to be the one you use, but I do want to be there when you do it. I want to see it. I want to see it all the time. Will you do it? And then I heard inside of my spirit, Cuba. And I thought, what? Yeah. Then I asked Ray if I could go. Some of you have heard this. But that it, here, I, I am now just a few days after having returned. All of this had to do with the prompting that came while I was sitting at a table and got down and offered to lay hands on this woman for a three-minute prayer. Things happen when we follow and respond to Holy Spirit's promptings. Amen. Holy Spirit blows like a wind wherever he pleases. Born of the Spirit, we can learn to follow where he leads. Holy Spirit who loves you and me. Matthew 3, 16 and 17. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water... The heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. Now, we're not unfamiliar with this. We, we heard this. We've been hearing about Jesus going into the wilderness, and when he was baptized, we've been, these, uh, this has been the concentration and the focus for the past months. This is not new. And so I thought, maybe I won't include this verse. But I did, because it was in the outline. But anyway, here we go. What is it like to experience the love of God through Holy Spirit? And why was the love of Father God for Jesus expressed so beautifully at the very beginning of his ministry? 
Was it for him or for those who were there with him that day? You know, we actually live, our mentality tends to be this or that. Why not both? Why not both? Jesus, who was the perfect, sinless human being who had laid down his God attributes, needed to hear God the Father tell him that he loved him and that he brought him great joy. If Jesus needs it, guess what? So do we. We need it. We need to know that God loves us, and we need to know that we love each other, and that will only happen when we say it. When we say it. We need to be generous with our affirmation and own it and be sincere. And if we don't know how to affirm, we're the one that has the problem. Ask God to change our mentality, to, not make us, uh, to help us not be so judgmental and to see the negative first, which, by the way, I had a Ph.D. in that. I was really good at pointing out flaws, right, Ray? Yeah, really good. Really good at it. And then I had to ask God, help me. Help me to see the good. And guess what? He did. And guess what? There is good. There's always something good we can say to somebody, anybody, anybody, if we ask God to do it. Because God doesn't look at them through our filter. He looks at them with his holy, perfect loving eyes. Hallelujah. Romans 5, 5. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Isn't that cool? I'm so glad they did the, you know, the research for me. That's a perfect verse. Perfect. First we see where God opens heaven and declares in front of everybody that he loves Jesus and Jesus brings him joy. And then in scripture, revelation given by God himself, we learn and can hold on because God's word will stand forever that he loves us because he has given us the spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Hallelujah. Galatians 4, 6. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, now you are no longer a slave or bound or attached to evil things, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God made you his heir. We have access to all of who God is. Not only does he reside in us, there, he is not compartmentalized. He doesn't say when you earn this, when you deserve this, it is who he is and we will never earn, we will never deserve. We have all of heaven, all of God's glory in us. We always have his love in us, for us and then for others. And many of us need to learn how to love ourselves so that then we can love others. And it's not sinful, it's not carnal to ask God to teach us how to love ourselves. We must love ourselves. On this earth, we're not necessarily liked or loved by anybody or everybody. In fact, some of us here might know what it's like to be despised and rejected. I do. Let me give you an example from Cuba. There's the, first of all, well, I can't, I can't talk about Cuba because I'm limited. 
Uh, but I, I'm going to tell this. They meet in apartments. No air conditioning. Wooden, what are those things? Benches. Not comfortable. Elbow to elbow. Did I mention no air conditioning? Really hot. Dripping wet. And they have joy. Abounding, abounding joy. And they just express it, and they do worship, and they use a microphone, which I don't exactly understand why, because it is a very small apartment. But anyway, they use the microphone and whatever else that other sound equipment is, and in the apartment above from where they worship, there were people of a completely different religion who hated them for being there, hated them for hearing their worship, hated them for just, just bothering them. And you know what they used to do? They used to stand on the balcony and throw rocks at them. The, the church that is now the Vineyard Church, La Viña de Cuba. They used to throw rocks at them and curse at them all the time. They meet there two times a week and they did it all the time. Now everybody in that apartment is born again. Born again. And I can't tell you the story because the clock is ticking. <sighs> anyway. Um, but those, the people upstairs, guess what? They are now hosting the church service. And they have such joy, such joy to serve. The, their their uh, multi-generations live in very, very small, very small spaces. And the, they live with the aunt. And, and the husband of the young couple, who's only 25 years old, stood in the kitchen looking, because the kitchen was this way and the people were sitting away from the kitchen but towards it. All he did was spend the whole service looking and then serving water and passing it down to whoever he thought needed it. This is the man who used to curse and throw rocks at them. You know what that is? Love. That's God's love. God's transforming love. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father loves us and Holy Spirit communicates his love. Now we're going to consider what it is to be filled by his spirit. John 7, 37 and 39. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds. I think it's so cool that he shouted because it doesn't always tell us that he shouted. Because even when there were more than five, seven, ten thousand people, even if he shouted, would, would that make a difference? It had to have been... God empowered, right, for the last person in the last row to hear Jesus. But this time he was shouting, cool, Jesus, I love you. He shouted at the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. I heard a song yesterday because I get distracted. Anyway, I was watching on YouTube some worship songs, and this was a black community, and they were just really, really, really wonderfully worshiping. And at one point, they said in the song, Jesus became water that I might not ever thirst again. And I thought, oh, oh, Jesus was, oh, Jesus, that wasn't, Jesus became thirsty, which is what he said when he was on the cross. Jesus became thirsty that I might not ever thirst again. So powerful. 
And I thought, wow, that's right in. I wasn't trying to. I wasn't researching for the teaching, but it fell right in with what I knew I was going to be sharing. Literally, we were thirsty in Cuba because it was hot and there was no air conditioning. And how welcome, sweet, and cool water, cool being, you know, room temperature uh, every time. But it was good. It was refreshing. It was exactly what we needed at the time that we needed it. It was amazing, really amazing to be there. I'd like to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. But the Holy Spirit produces, you may not have this verse, produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, full, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This, this is, I, I heard this described, I haven't uh, switched or um, grabbed hold of any other description of how to become full of uh, the spirit, the gifts of the spirit, or for that the gifts of the spirit might be mature in us. They're called the gifts of the spirit, not our gifts. And so they said, consider yourself the tree. Be a really good tree so that the gifts of the spirit may come forth. It's not up to us to exert energy to excel in joy, peace, patience. Holy Spirit in us, we interacting with him, we submitting to him, we getting to know him through the scriptures is what produces the fruit. Holy Spirit in us will produce and mature his fruit as long as we make every effort to be a good tree. Amen? How do we become... The, uh, how do we welcome the filling of Holy Spirit? Well, I don't exactly, I think I already said that a few times, but I will say this about it. We need to do it daily, we need to do it humbly, and we need to do it patiently. I was able to minister prophetically um, a lot while I was there. That's basically what I did the whole time. I was giving uh, prophetic words one-on-one -on -one with the women who, uh, by the way, the list went up to 28, but but there's a limit to what Teresa can do, so that didn't happen. Uh, yeah, I, I, I literally woke up on Saturday morning, and there weren't tears coming down my face, but I told her, I can't move. I can't move. I can't do this. And so we had to cancel all of the appointments for that day. Um, but I, was, I got a little prideful because I was getting feedback that my words were right on. And then in another conversation, I overheard somebody say about someone who had gone to minister there, and they uh, were able to call out names of the people who were there, and this was someone who couldn't possibly have known, and I thought, well, that chopped me down a few de degrees. I've never been able to do that. I always want to do what somebody else does. I, I always feel as though mine is the lesser version, and God does that to keep me humble, because the first time I heard somebody give a prophetic word was, you were in the bathroom this morning brushing your hair, and these were your thoughts, and I thought, oh my gosh, and I have never been able to do that, so I always feel like, you know, I'm the red-headed stepchild, but anyway, God uses the red-headed stepchild, and he does it on his terms, because he won't let me minister the way I think I should, hello, uh, he will only let me minister the way he chooses to do it. And God forgive me for becoming prideful because I did. I was a little, I stood a little taller. I was almost five feet tall. But anyway, humbly and patiently. We must be patient. We must. And if we persist, we will grow. 
every time I was pregnant five times, never miscarried, but every time I um, learned that I was pregnant, I wanted to give birth the next day. I'm a little impatient. And so we must do this patiently because some things take time to grow. Are you thirsty and ready to come and drink, as Jesus said? Holy Spirit empowers us. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is what we know we can do. This is what we know we can do. Our Christ followers, we know that we will be his witnesses telling people about him everywhere. And sometimes we don't have to tell with words. We can tell with actions. Everywhere we go, if we are Christ followers, we can do this. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There are no conditions here. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. We just have to decide that we will do it. You see that? Our part. Partnership with Holy Spirit. Just as electricity powers the home, Holy Spirit powers us for life and mission. I don't like that analogy. So this is, hear me out. Holy Spirit is a person. He's God. He's not electricity. And he's not an energy force. He's a person. A person who is intentional he is God in us, but he gives us power. And when he manifests the kingdom, there is power. There is an unleashing of heavenly power by God, Holy Spirit, when we grow in him, when we yield. And sometimes even five minutes after someone comes to faith, which, by the way, makes me really jealous. I mean, honestly, remember I'm number six of seven children with my younger brother being the favorite. I'm always jealous, always. I'm sorry, God. There's no doubt that when Holy Spirit comes, there's power. We have power in us to love, to serve, to forgive. Power to walk in our gift. Power to heal and be healed. On the, the last person that we prayed for, Ann and I, by the way, that was, that was another thing. Holy Spirit led when I asked Ann to go with me. And as I said, I had no idea she'd never been on a missions trip. And uh, she studied eight years of Spanish 50 years ago and hasn't practiced it in all this time. It was such a gift to me to have her there with me. An incredible gift. And by the way, she understood a lot more than we thought. So I kept telling them, watch what you say. And every time she opened her mouth, she could not speak sentences. She would literally speak just one word or two. But every time they were exactly what she needed to say, like it was there. It was there. God gave her exactly what she needed. Glory. Hallelujah. Um, but the last person that we prayed for, I felt there were, there were two people in, well, there were five of us in there, but two people receiving prayer and three of us praying, Ann and I and a trainee, her name is Laura, trainee in that we, I said, hey, I want you to learn how to do this. Come with us. And so I felt like God was saying tongues, tongues. And so um, 
I asked the first, I said, uh, do you have a desire in your heart to pray in tongues? And she said, no. And I said, oh, okay, I got that one wrong. So we, ca- we were not praying, but we were praying for number two at the time. And then she started praying in tongues. I said, okay, well, it's not her. Uh, and prays in tongues. I pray in tongues. So I looked at my trainee and I said, would you like to pray in tongues? And she shook her head and I, and I very, very tenuously. And so I put my fingers on her mouth. And, and, I, and on her cheek, and I asked the Lord to give it to her. And then we just kept doing what we were doing. And then I kept looking at her, and I touched her heart, and I touched her abdomen. And, and uh, she was like, and I said, let it go, let it go. And uh, she never did summon the courage to actually say it out loud, but I could tell she was praying in tongues. And so afterward, to affirm it, because we need to affirm, we need to say out loud what God has done. We need to seal it. We need not to be ashamed of the gospel. And the gospel is not just that Jesus lived and died. The gospel is everything that God does when he manifests his kingdom in us and through us, around us, in front of us. Amen? So I said, you, I told on her. I told her husband, and he was rejoicing, and he told me later, you have no idea how hard she's been praying and asking God to allow her to pray in tongues. And now she's doing that. Why? Because I felt the prompting of Holy Spirit, and I did it. All I did was lay my fingers on He's the one that filled her with his spirit that way. And he's the one that allowed her to speak in tongues. Um, so this is what happens. Looking at the clock. Um, sometimes, too many times. I'm going to come out here so you actually see I have a body and a head. Not just a forehead. Um, many times, people are afraid to take a risk. And... You know, early on, famous saying in the vineyard, uh, faith is spelled R-I-S-K, right? Right. Really what that meant is that we, it's okay to do it all incorrectly. It really is. Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly first. We have to practice. And then those of us that are, uh, have the opportunity to lead, sometimes it feels too messy. It feels threatening. It feels scary to us. No, I love this verse because I didn't learn it by myself. Uh, and what I mean is um, I, John Wimber used to say this all the time, Pro- Proverbs 14.4, without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. You know what that means? We have to be willing to have poop. We have, we have to be willing to be the one that poops. Because if we want a clean stall, we're not going to have the ox. And then we're not going to have what comes from having the ox. We have to be willing to be the one that poops. And this is another thing that I like to say. I've said it before, but I'll say it again uh, because I can and I want to. Listen, you know what a mistake is? Putting a red sock in white laundry. It's not the end of the world. It's not a sin. A mistake is not sin. A mistake is okay. We literally have God's permission. He will, not, he will not abandon us because we did it all incorrectly. If we attempted to give a word, if we attempted, if we came by and said, I, I think you're sad, and the person says, I'm not sad, and that makes us feel like, gosh, I'm an idiot. It's okay. We've got to be willing to feel like idiots so that as we experiment and take the risk, we get it right. We have to do it. John Wimber used to say, do you want to see healing? Commit to praying for a hundred different people. And don't give up. Because it's going to take that many for some. 
don't give up. We've got to be willing to fail. We've got to be willing to not see what we want. We have to persevere and continue and continue because God in us will release his power when he believes it's right for his honor and glory, not so that Teresa can get a pat on the back. So they called the apostles back in and commended them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. This is Luke 4, 18 and 20 through 20. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than them? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. God, forgive us for stopping. Forgive us. Forgive us. I know sometimes it feels like we have to talk about something that happened five years ago because it doesn't feel like anything has happened in the last five years. If that's what it takes, do it. Let us declare the wonders of who God is and not be ashamed and offer ourselves that we would be the offering on a daily basis and say, I want to see your kingdom come today, Lord, and I'm going to take risks. I'm willing to poop and get it all wrong. And make somebody else come and shovel it up because I'm not going to do that. I did my part. I pooped. <laughs> so just as Jesus began his ministry anointed by Holy Spirit, so we too have the same commission to carry the good news with us everywhere. As Holy Spirit works in us, we become ambassadors of God's loving, giving, transforming presence. 1 Peter 4.10 for God has given each of you a gift for his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Let's not compare and gifts and say he's got the better gift. If that's the gift God has given you, the one that is infinitely wise, the creator of all things, that knew us before we were ever conceived, decided that this was the gift that would glorify him the most through us, let us dis not despise what he has given us, but give ourselves to it wholeheartedly. Of helping others do it with strength and energy that God supplies, then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever Amen. Amen. I asked Ray to come up because I do the teaching part, and then when it's time to, like, uh, invite people to come up for prayer, I really suck at that. <laughs> I, I'm not good. So I asked him if he was willing to do that. <laughs> rescue me, Ray. Rescue me. Um, um, you know, uh, in the vineyard, uh, for those of you that are visiting, uh, we hold the scriptures to be very important. And we know that the Holy Spirit does not counter the word of God. So if we ever think that we're getting a word from, uh, by the Holy Spirit, but it's actually, it contradicts the word yes. of God, yes. then we're off. Yes. So something's wrong. Yes. A number of years ago, a friend of mine, uh, at that time he was pastoring a church in India, Indiana. He wrote a book about the history of the vineyard. Um, and so he came up with this title, which I thought was really cool. He said, uh, he called it the quest for the radical middle. And what that meant was that, that the, we have the word of God and we have the scriptures. 
together. They don't conflict. Right. But they work in tandem. Yes. Uh, to to guide us, to lead us, to to help us, you know, uh, pursue what God wants for us. And I feel that today, uh, when Teresa said that uh, she heard a voice tell her, uh, Cuba, go to Cuba, as a result of that ministry to that lady, I believe that God has been speaking to some of you and has thrown something out there. And, and maybe you might be dismissing it because, oh, man, that's like way out there. And, you know, with Teresa going, you, you don't know her history, but uh, I've been doing ministry trips for many, many years uh, uh, since, well, I started 1990, but for the last uh, 16 years, I've been going on one, two, sometimes three trips a year, and I never could take her. Um, and we had already decided that she just was not going to be able to go, and then the Lord spoke to her, and, and when she told that to me, I thought, you know what, I, I in my spirit, I said, I think that God is speaking. Now we have to make it happen. And that's where you guys came in uh, and, and really just lovingly supported uh, Teresa's uh, prompting of the spirit to do something. And that's where the body of Christ, we help each other. When the Holy Spirit prompts one of us uh, to do something, the body of Christ comes along and says, yeah, let's, let, let's see how we can help you. And so uh, for some of you, the Lord has prompted something. And maybe what you need is a reaffirmation of that prompting that it truly it is by the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you uh, need courage, uh, not just prompting, but courage to do what the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do. Because you, you know that what you, the Lord may be prompted you to do might have some pain attached to it. Or it might have like some sacrifice attached to it. Or it might be like mysterious. Like I don't know where this is going to lead me. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, can you, and, and I would just say to you, can you trust God on this? If the Holy Spirit is prompting you to something, he's going to provide. He's going to make it happen. When we got to the airport and they're giving us our boarding pass, the, um, ticket agent. the ticket agent says, well, and, and we knew ahead of time that our government had put restrictions on travel to Cuba. And she said, now, I'm going to give you this boarding pass, but I want you to know that Southwest is not obligated to come and pick you up. So in other words, you may get stuck there in Cuba, and you're going to have to figure out how to get back. And I said, and I, and I looked at her and I thought, wow, what a nice way to start a trip. Uh, here's your, you could go, but you may not be able to come back. Uh, but somehow in my spirit, the Lord just told me, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. And poor Ann, you know, we're trying to contact Jim. And, and then Teresa contacted somebody over here. And then, and the Lord did provide. It wasn't a problem. Southwest came. We get on it. We're here. The point is, is that sometimes in following the Spirit, it, man, it could be an adventure. Really, it could be an adventure. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to go on an adventure, make it with the Holy Spirit. Make it with Holy Spirit. Make, it with, make the adventure with God, and God will take you to places that are awesome, that are life-giving. 
if not to you only, but to also to other people. Do you want to be a part of that? One person wants to be a part of that. Come on now, church. <laughs> Do you want to be a part of what God is doing? Yes. See? And so why don't you stand up uh, with me and let's pray. Uh, one of the things that we love to say in, in the vineyard is come Holy Spirit. Now, you might say, oh, man, I mean, the Holy Spirit is here. Theologically, we understand. When two or three are gathered, the Holy Spirit is there. But I'm going to tell you, I, and I understand that, too, and I believe that. But this is what I really believe, too, is that God loves to be invited. He so much loves to be So we're going to invite him to come right now. And we're going to ask to see, what, what is it you want to do, Holy Spirit? So, Holy Spirit, come. Yes. Hallelujah. Come and... Do what you want to do. And we know that what you want to do is bring life to us. Yes. And, and not only to us, through us. Because yes. you said, we just read in the word, that those who would have the spirit through them would flow rivers of living Hallelujah. water. Hallelujah. And that's how we want to spend our lives. Hallelujah. Being that, that uh, spigot, that, that, uh, that faucet, that through which, through whom, Living waters would flow forth. So, Holy Spirit, we just invite you. Do what you want to do. Hallelujah. And maybe you're visiting with us, and, and this whole thing about Holy Spirit and so forth, it's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I, I've never really sensed the Holy Spirit in my life. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, today, Mother's Day, is your day. Because today, you can come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior and today, and the Bible says that all you need to do is put your faith and trust in Jesus, what he's done. And you will be born again of the spirit. Hallelujah. You see, everything begins with the spirit of God working in our Hallelujah. lives. Hallelujah. And so today you could come to know the Lord and you could receive the leading of the spirit. Hallelujah. Love. Power. I want to invite those of you that just sense that the, the Spirit of God is speaking to you and, or, or you're just getting a prompting or something's happening, just to come up and we'll pray with you. I know it's, we're going to end our service, but um, we're actually not ending the work of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah, yes. All we're doing is technically ending a service, but not the work of the Spirit. And so I invite you to come. And Teresa and I and others... We're here to pray with you, to be part of the journey with you of what the Spirit of God wants to do. Lord, thank you for what you have done in our lives. Thank you that we are never alone because the Spirit of God is within us. And wherever, wherever we go, whether we go away on a mission trip, El Salvador, Cuba, Puerto Rico, wherever, here, the backyard, Wherever we go, you are with us. And so, Lord, we need so much for your leading, your guiding. And that's what you want to do. That's what you're committed to doing. Yes, Lord. Uh, I just want to say this, and um, thank you, Teresa and Ray, for sharing. Um, but I want to I say this, and I don't want to preach. Um, you can't. I ran out of time. But I might have to. <laughs> now it's my time. 
right, now, um, I just want to say this. I, it's, it's fruit of the Spirit, right? Uh, that Galatians passage, it, you know, it just keeps coming back uh, in my mind. And I just want to encourage you with this. Uh, Teresa said this, that, that we have to be a good tree, yes. right, in order to produce uh, fruit. And I heard a great example one time where, where the person, there was tr- fruit being produced, but the tree got knocked down. And what they realized was inside the tree, the tree was actually hollow. The tree looked like it was good. Hmm. And here's what I want to I say to you this morning is, is what's going on on the inside is what matters, right? Yes. And so if we look like we're good and we're doing fine, but we're not really doing fine, you may be able to produce fruit still, but it's not the kind of fruit, right. the fullness of the fruit that, right. that should be produced. And so I want to encourage you this morning, and I kept getting this picture too, is that, that when we think of a tree, I think automatically we got to be a good tree, right? We, we think of a tree that's, that's fully mature, and we think of this, maybe, maybe you think like I did in my mind, was, was this oak tree that's big, and it's got all these leaves, and it's just, it's massive, and it's spread. But, you know, what a healthy tree can also be is it starts as a, as a seed. Yeah. And so this morning when we talk about this, when we talk about, man, well, I'm not, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I, I, I need help in those areas. Here's what I want to say. God wants to plant that seed. Yes. Because he's the one that waters it through the Holy Spirit. You talk yes. about rivers of, uh, of living water, right? Yes. And so he's the one that waters it. And so I want to encourage you this morning when, when, we, when we do prayer, we're going to do it in prayer. That's, that's going to happen, okay? It is this. If you feel like the tree that's being supported by the stakes and the ropes and you're not mature yet, that's a good place to be. Because if you, sometimes if we feel like we're the mature oak tree and we don't really need prayer for anything, that's an issue. That's called pride, and I think you addressed yeah. that. And, and so here's what I think. We always should be supported, Right? And so I just want to encourage you, and just like trees do uh, in, in like the redwood forest, you know what supports them and makes those tall trees stand out straight is community. Yes. Right? Yeah. All right? And those, those interwoven uh, roots that are there, that's what brings support. And that's what church is. All right? And so I just want to pray for you right now. If that's you, uh, I, feel like it's, I feel like it's you. I feel like it's some of you in this room. Yes. Yes. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray, and let's just see what God does, okay? Yes. And so I'm going to do that. Father God, I thank you that you love us right where we are. Hallelujah. God, that, that the, the roots that you're planting, God, I pray that, that they would go deep. God, no matter where we're at right now, God, I pray that we would walk through this thing together. And in this room today, in this room now, God, would you come and have your way. I pray that that we, as we leave here, would receive the living water of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, God, that you would come and release the fruit of the Spirit. I pray that we would not go around looking as if we are trees that are well, that are rotten on the inside. But I pray, God, that you would be the core of who we are so that we can produce the kind of fruit that you're calling us to. And, God, I pray that everyone in this room, everyone in the student building, God, from the smallest and the youngest to the oldest, God, that we would know you that we would be able to produce, uh, that we would allow you to produce the fruit of the Spirit in us. And so I just pray that you would just move and have your way.
at this point, here's what I want to say. You're dismissed, all right? You can go. If you have kids, please, all right? Go get your kids. But I'm going to tell you this. If you feel like God's doing something, and you're like, well, I don't even know what that means. If you feel like, man, I really want to get prayed for, that's a good thing, all right? Man, I'm, I'm really afraid to go get prayed for, though. That's cool, too. Yeah. All right? That's pretty much me every week, all right? And so here's what I want to encourage you. There's going to be some people up here. Chuck and Lee Gore are going to be up here. Um, Dave and Jan are going to be up here. Uh, Ray and Truce are going to be here. Here's what I want to say. Get prayer. What does it mean to get prayer? Here's what, it, here's what it means. That you have people that are partnering with you. And they're coming to, to God with you. And they're saying, hey, let's walk through this thing together. So I would just encourage you, don't leave today. If that's something on your heart where you're saying, yeah, I really feel like I need prayer. Like, I really want to produce, like, the fruit of the Spirit. So I just encourage you, come up now. You can do that if that's you. I'm a taker. Okay. Uh, no. Anybody else? Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Connie, we can get somebody else to pass out. I need somebody else to pass out the flowers and the cupcakes, please, so that Connie can get prayer. Okay, anybody else? All right. Have an awesome week. Happy Mother's Day, and may God bless you.